This episode of 321 Lay On Podcast is brought to you by LARP Box, a monthly subscription box for LARPers by LARPers. Go to LARPbox.com and use the promo code 321PODCAST to receive 10% off your next purchase. Welcome to 321 Lay On Podcast, Next Level Nerds podcast about live action roleplay. On our show, we're trying to learn as much as we can about LARP and any related topics that we find interesting. If you enjoy listening, please uh, subscribe and you'll get all the new episodes as they come out. And if you really like anything you hear in the show, then you can give us a review on iTunes and uh, that'll support us that way. Visit nextlevelnerd.com for all of our shows on a bunch of different nerdy topics and all of our social media profiles. My name's Ashen Ruby, and joining me today is my brother, Evan Ruby. Hey, how are you doing tonight, Evan? Good? Good. We've been on a little bit of a break with the holidays. Uh, It's also not a very busy season for most LARPs, as far as I know. Yeah, LARPing in the winter is not fun, in my opinion. Yeah, I do remember one we went to. It was mostly kind of indoors uh, a long time ago, like a one-day event that stopped, I think, when it got dark. Uh, yeah. Are you talking about the maze we used to go to? Yeah. They set up a bunch cool. of tarps and stuff to make like a maze connected to this one building. But, but other than that, we usually take this time off, and uh, we're starting to look at some other topics, uh, things we find interesting or related. And so joining me today is a friend of my sister-in-law who creates her own murder mystery parties. And I said, that sounds, well, once it was described to me, I said, that sounds a lot like a LARP. And uh, I was super interested in what, how it worked and what they did. So I asked her to come on and here she is. How are you doing today, Brittany? Hi guys, doing pretty good. How are you? Good. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Yeah, certainly. Now, have you ever... Uh, I think I asked you before, you're familiar with live action role play a little bit? So I am familiar with the concept, but never have actually participated myself. Mm, I think you might be mistaken there. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're running one, actually. (laughs) But yeah, I I know what you mean, the traditional sense. Um, But that's cool, because that's kind of part of this show, is to expand people's horizons and... uh, explore all the varieties out there so so why don't we start off you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, we'll go from there yeah certainly so my name is Brittany so I've always been in towards the artistic stuff so I've always liked designing creating just kind of making my own things so it's how I got into cosplay which is a big thing that I do and then mm. eventually down the road ended up going into the murder mystery parties and just designing and creating those those as well Nice. Any kind of like formal, you know, ish training or whatever, or just something you're passionate about and do when you have time? Always swinging it. <laughs> so it's something I'm passionate about, just like kind of rolling with whatever, designing whatever, and kind of learning from any mistakes I have. Cool. Cool. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the cosplay before we get into the meat of stuff? Uh, what kind, if a particular kind you enjoy or? Yeah, so I've been cosplaying for roughly about 10 years. So it was about 2005 or 2006 where I went to my first convention. 
and you really got into all the costumes, just seeing everyone really into the characters there. Um, didn't kind of do too much with it until after I got into college and then started really picking up costumes and designing my own things. So lately, I've been on a big armor kick, so I've been doing a lot of armored costumes. Oh, nice. uh, my last costume that I put together was Hela from Marvel, so that was a fun costume. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's cool. And what was the first first one you did? Ah, uh, the first one, the first big armored cosplay that I did was Jaina from League of Legends, which is really cool. The first cosplays that I actually wore, though, were borrowed cosplays from friends. Okay. Nice. That's really cool. And yeah, that's, you know, about, there's not a ton of difference, in my opinion, between LARPing and uh, cosplay. Like, they're kind of <laughs> sister hobbies, if you were. Yeah, I'd say they're pretty interconnected. Yeah. You're just usually making up your own character most of the time in a LARP. But still take a lot of effort and creativity and uh, super cool communities for each, in my opinion. Cool. So, and then uh, you started these these parties. How did uh, How did that all get started? Or what inspired you? Yeah, so that started probably about four years ago. So... My littler sister at the time decided she wanted to have a birthday party in the winter and asked if I would do a murder mystery party for her. And of course, at the time, I, you know, never done anything like this, but it was what she really wanted to do. So I was like, all right, yeah, sure, we'll take a look into it. So started taking a look at all the kits that are out there and really didn't like any of the pre-made kits that you could kind of just, you know, buy and play. So I ended up asking her, well, what is it that you want to do? And of course, she was like, Disney. <laughs> so, so ended up creating this entire event from scratch inviting people over making characters and kind of figuring out how to roll with it with my sister for the first time um, mm -hmm. so both her and I kind of moderated the event but um, it was really very interesting in, in creating it and after that seeing everyone you know how interested they were in the murder mysteries it was something that eventually just started rolling and continuing awesome and how often uh, I'd say it's probably twice a year just because okay. it takes so long to get the characters and everything together for it that really it's about a twice a year event. Cool. And who who was the murder mystery of this Disney, Disney <laughs> party? <laughs> that was Prince Charming who was the murderer in that one. <laughs> uh, okay. And who was the victim? Uh, that was... Actually, the victims are pretty interesting so I don't actually kill people in mine okay. so I like to let the players be able to play the whole thing out. So instead of killing a player, I usually kill like somebody who's off screen or oh, bring in like I do a lot of mannequins for my costume. So I'll admit I just usually throw a mannequin on the floor and say it's dead. And then we all just kind of go from there. Nice. That's cool. I've maybe done one or two that I can think of uh, murder mystery things. Um, so, yeah, I'm almost not that familiar with it. But I'll admit, I've never done a traditional murder mystery myself either. I've only ever done the events that I've created. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go through that process a little bit. Um, do you start with a theme, I'm guessing, uh, and go from there? Or? Yeah, so first thing is theme. So we always want to try to cement the theme that we're doing. So, for example, I'll start with the Disney one that we first did. So when we first picked the theme of Disney... We decided that you know we needed to figure out who the characters were going to be. So then we had to send out an invite list, and once we had everyone who we knew was going to be there, started assigning characters to them based on you know genders or personalities or just anything that we thought related to that person. 
And then once we had all the characters planned out, we kind of had, you know, some fun with them, started saying, well, what do we think this character would do in real life? Or do we think this character would do this? So then it became a theory of, you know, designing what they would do and, and how they would interact with each other, which is, you know, what we would give them the clues and what they're doing based on that character. Cool. And how many characters were in the first one that you did? Or the players? first one was pretty small. I think we only had about 10 people that time. Yeah, that's 10 characters. That's a lot to write up. <laughs> it is, especially since they all have to interact with each other in some way. So you go back and you have to tie every character together and give them a clue to interact with someone else. So it's mm. very interesting to try to connect everyone. Yeah. So do you like script out kind of a plot line or do you work kind of backwards or how's that? Yeah, so you? I'll start with the general plot line. So first thing I want to do when I'm thinking about what happens in there is... Who is, who is it that's actually dying? And then how can we relate a murderer to it? So mm. kind of interplaying, you know, once I have the plot, what I think these characters are going to do to lead up to that plot. Yeah. Interesting. Now, are you a fan of the, that genre, like in movies and literature, like mysteries, or just kind of fell into this? <laughs> I just kind of fell into this, I'll admit. I'm not big into the mystery part of it, but it was very interesting to create that part, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. And is it just yourself doing all this work, or have a team? So it started out with my sister helping me, and then they got a little too big for her, so she got a little overwhelmed, I'll admit. So now it's mm. mostly just me doing it. So my husband likes to try to come in and he'll try to edit sometimes, but usually I'm running so far behind that it's literally the night before they're due that I'm finishing stuff. And he's like, oh, I'll just print it. We'll just look at it later. So there's a yeah. lot of times where right before I actually give people stuff, I'm crossing out little grammar mistakes and saying, just ignore this. It's fine. Yeah. And these are all just private events, you and your friends. Yeah, so they're, they're private events between people that I know, so I'll admit that I've started inviting more people that I know, and it's gotten up to about 16 people is, is where the last one was. Nice. And what was the uh, latest theme? So the latest theme was 1920s Prohibition. So we had Chicago mobs, we had gangsters, we had all kinds of fun with you know that whole genre. Yeah. Uh, were these, did you create fictional characters or are they historical people or? So they were fictional characters based on historical people, if that makes sense. So yeah, for sure. example, one of the characters was Hal Sapone. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> so it's based off of the real character, but it is a fictional character who then I, you know, created his own personality and kind of ran with it from there. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, why don't you tell us some of the other themes, some favorites and some popular ones? Yeah, so Disney was the first. After that, we did one for Marvel. We did one for Star Wars. We did a Harry Potter one. We did Game of Thrones. And then the most recent was the 1920s. The Harry Potter was by far the most popular. So yeah. that one, we got a little carried away, and they decided they would try to find every rule to break that there was in there. So we ended up having actual characters who died. And at one mm -hmm. point they came up and they would be like, well, we're a ghost in this universe. Ghosts can do stuff. So can I go around and mess with this? And I'm just like, oh, oh, go, go for it. Whatever. I, I can't even tell you to stop anymore. 
So by the end of it, they were so concerned with killing each other that it wasn't even about finding the murder anymore. I was running around gluing glitter to people's shoes to try to frame them, and they did not care. <laughs> and so there's there's uh, rules, I guess? Uh... Yeah, so there, there are some rules that I try to start with. So, for example, in the Harry Potter one, our premise was that we were in the castle, and there was the basement... And part of the basement was supposed to be the Forbidden Forest. So my whole opening speech was, you know, students, please don't go into the Forbidden Forest. It is off limits. One of our characters was Voldemort, and that's where he was hiding for the entire game. But we had one character who wasn't a student character. That was, it was Sirius Black. And he decided off the bat, well, I'm not a student, so I'm going to go down there and go in the basement. And was immediately killed by Voldemort. So for the rest of the game, he had to play out a ghost and ended up just messing all kinds of stuff up because he got into places that he shouldn't be as a ghost. <laughs> that was like a good role player. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. But uh, yeah, there, there's definitely set rules that I try to establish. And lately, it's, it's more of a game of can we break these rules? <laughs> sure. I think most LARPs and games evolve or devolve into that at some point <laughs> if you play long enough. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's like the last game that I had, uh, the 1920s Prohibition. Uh, one of the characters, he immediately comes over to me and he goes, "I am going to break your game," and just gives me this look. And I went, "You stop!" <laughs> so we had to kind of get back in line and, and try to get him back on the plot line there. Mm. Yeah, that's a tough job of a moderator or game master or anything like that. Yeah, we always have two moderators, so in addition to me, usually my husband is moderating as well, because he'll have the plot rundown, he'll have you know who the murderer is and what they should generally be doing, so he answers questions as well, and if it's something you know very plot-related that he doesn't know, he usually refers over to me, but it's nice to kind of have two moderators to kind of you know steer everyone in the right direction. Right. Is there a prize of some sort, or just bragging rights? Bragging rights. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say they have not actually found a correct murderer yet. Usually they just oh. get way off, way off hand. There's a couple of them who will guess right, but as a collective, like we've never actually guessed the correct person. Mm, I see. So is it like a, a unanimous jury kind of thing at the end? or? Yeah, so at the end of the night, what we do is we kind of have everyone write down who they are, so they'll write their name on the paper, and then who they think did it, and then who or what the reason would be for the murder so then we kind of read through and it's usually funny answers like i think he did it because he just doesn't like him right <laughs> so we read through all the answers and kind of tallied up and see who we we're voting on as a collective nice and uh you just don't have very sleuthy investigators or it's a little too challenging or i think they're usually just having too much fun so like like for example problem, the harry yeah. potter one they were just all into the role playing and the buying stuff. Um, so sometimes I kind of mix it up with that one. You, for example, could buy stuff. So they were very interested in that oh, whole aspect. Interesting. So it gets kind of challenging. Cool. And there's a lot of stuff going on in it. Yeah, it's all about the loots. <laughs> that's role playing right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. It sounds, uh, I mean, and the fact that you're coming up with all of these is what sounded very interesting to me. Um, because, I mean, to me, that sounds like just as, if not more complicated than some of the LARPs I've, you know, encountered or heard of. Um, you know, because there's different LARPs. Um, there's a, there are a lot out there that don't involve 
you know, dragons and knights and any kind of combat. They're just kind of all doing the same thing, taking on a role and, you know, acting out some storyline or another. Um, so that's, that's basically it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like exactly kind of what these parties are. It's just kind of, you know, creating characters, picking what their responsibilities and roles are and kind of rolling with it. Yeah. Um, where do you get, like, ideas and inspirations for the various characters and stuff? Um, you just base it solely on, you know, if you're doing Marvel characters, what that person's like or... Yeah, so I, I try to base it on a little bit of what those characters are actually like if it is an actual character and then part of it thinks well what if it was a bit different so for example in the Disney murder mystery we ended up thinking well what if these were actually real people what would they be doing what nefarious deeds could these guys be doing so we ended up having Prince Charming selling poison for example because you know it's his castle he can sell poison out of it mm. um, so just very interesting trying to design the characters and think of how A, their characters actually are, and B, how these characters could actually be. So, you know, to kind of get them into that role. Yeah. And do you provide costuming or encourage people to make their own stuff? Or So we encourage people to bring their costumes. It's not required that you have to be in costume. So the first murder mystery, we had, you know, just a couple people that were in costumes. The last one, we only had two out of 16 that were not in costume. So it's kind of getting there where everyone's kind of dressing up. Yeah. So Star Wars was very interesting. We had a lot of capes and cloaks, and we had someone with the Chewbacca hat. And <laughs> <laughs> nice. We had someone who was uh, supposed to be R2-D2 for the night who'd walk around just beeping at everyone. See <laughs> <laughs> you, the murderer. No, no. So that one actually was a funny story. I actually completely forgot that he was coming because he forgot the RSVP. So he opens the door. I see him standing there and I go, hold on. I'm going to write you in real quick. Run upstairs, scribble on a piece of paper and go, here you go. This is you. Nice. So that's the rule. If you uh, show up later on it, unexpected, you end up as RTD2. Yes. So... So the characters that I have because of the murder mystery and because they're all interactive and they're all interconnected with each other, it has to be something where I know they have to be there. So when you RSVP, if you back out of it, it messes up other people who may have interactions yeah. with your character. So I usually try to find people who are you know, pretty reliable and pretty positive they're actually going to be there on time. Nice. And how long do the events tend to run? I uh, you I want to say about two hours, but in reality, it lasts more like four. <laughs> sure, it's great. So we always start with food first. It's more of a like a collective. Everyone brings food together. We'll sit down, and then during dinner, I usually go over what the rules are, or maybe some of the characters. We go over like name tags, and they'll introduce themselves. And then after everyone's done eating, I literally hand out Act One. Say here, this is your Act One. Go. Nice. Cool. Are there any like ice-breaking things to like, get the show going or just leave it up to the actors to figure out who they are and what's going on? Yeah, so during dinner, they'll have their name tags so they know generally who their characters are to interact with. And then when I give out Act 1, it's usually more of the icebreaker things. So it'll give a little bit of a background of who their character is, if there's any relationships in there. Um, and then it'll kind of say, you know, go over to this person, introduce yourself, go over to this person, say you haven't seen them in so long. So it kind of gives them those prompts in Act 1. Between Act 1 and Act 2 is always where I make the murder happen. So then the second and the third act are all about additional clues and um, um, things that they can do to help find the murder. Interesting. 
and then they're mostly asking each other questions or you said they'll come up to a moderator is that just to kind of clarify something or they've maybe figured something out they want to know or yeah so usually it's not questions about things that they're trying to find out it's more of the rules questions that they ask me so it's more like can i do this is this going to break your game like those type of questions whereas sure. you know the questions between themselves are more trying to figure out you know what their clue is telling them to do so i've noticed a lot as well that when they're kind of playing these clues there'll be a lot of groups that form for example so i'm kind of walking around going between all the rooms looking at them and a lot of the times you'll notice that there's a group of all the guys over here and they're plotting against all the women and they're saying no it's got to be one of the women and it's really funny because the murderer is in the group of the guys <laughs> and the murderer knows the whole time or by the murderer act two or finds out who they are right in act two so act okay. one everyone's kind of just interacting and introducing and then as soon as act two hits the murderer knows who they are and their clue card basically says make up an alibi don't get caught so that's what they're going with nice and how do those range as far as good alibi versus flimsy or clever or whatever it's funny because the murderers that I've had so far have come up with some pretty good alibis. Usually they're the Apparently, ones that are joining the teams and yeah, and, and making the groups. <laughs> and it's really funny because the last one that we had with the prohibition, the murderer was actually interacting with everyone, was completely had everyone believing him. And then I had one person who had a relationship that wasn't supposed to be found out about. So she tries to lie to cover it and she says the exact room that she's in with the murderer. The murderer's like, oh, no, I wasn't in that room. So then you have this whole back and forth between them that's really interesting to watch. Mm. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> interesting. And uh, the background of your, your friends and your group, um, did they kind of like yourself, uh, creative people or acting professionals or just <laughs> definitely not easily acting get into these? Or not professionals, but like a background <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're they're not really they're not really like costumers or you know entertainers, but it's kind of more of an eclectic collection of people. So we're kind of all over the board. Some of us are in business. Me, for example, my day job is human resources, which is pretty dry. Um, we're kind of all over the board, but I think we all interact very well, which is why you know we can have such fun parties with you know imagining and creating these characters. Right. Game, no matter what you're playing or the setting or whatever. I found that communication and just even knowing the people that are there kind of has a big play because if you mm -hmm. know you can easily sway someone, even if you're the murderer, you can probably get away with it. <laughs> I think we call that metagaming in LARP. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, do you do things um, like physically, like decorations and stuff to kind of set the stage or, you know, immersion as we call it in LARP? I do. So it started out really with the Disney party of not doing too much. There's a couple costumes here and there. Um, for my costume, I was supposed to be Elsa. So even though I'm moderator, I usually wear a costume myself, which okay. ended up in me just getting a giant blue sheet of like fabric foam that had glitter everywhere. <laughs> we left that apartment a year later and there was still glitter in the floorboard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we started kind of decorating when we got into our new house. We have a very large area where we can have these parties so we have three different floors that we can work on oh, nice. and we have like all kinds of decorations that we started doing so for example 
for the Game of Thrones one, I printed out pictures of some of the Game of Thrones heads and put them on spikes out front on the railing. And our neighbors probably thought we were crazy after that one. <laughs> um, but then, Isn't like, that the really last the goal? one we had, it, it definitely is. Um, but the last <laughs> one that we had, uh, 1920s, for example, we had a lot of a lot more props that we could have. So we had like safes, we had guns, uh, we had like the whole you know swing music going. So it was a lot of background and, and environment that we created. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Nice. I remember the one murder mystery we did. It was for somebody's birthday. And <clears throat> it involved murder at some intellectual gathering, I think, or something. Or no, they were like... What was going on? There was like people that could talk to dead people, like mediums and stuff. Oh, right. And like it turned out like half of the staff or the wait staff was were all ghosts or something. Yeah, it was kind of a uh what's that movie, Sixth Sense twist at the end, like the murder happened like years and years ago. Like yeah, that's what it was. Something like that. They were ghosts. And it was the one person was like the it was like the husband and the wife or something that were ghosts the whole time, but we didn't know that or something. Uh, you know, that's a pretty good idea. It had a, <laughs> it had an interesting thing. Like the people that were ghosts didn't know they were, but they were told they only talked to these certain people oh, that that's were right. paranormal investigators or mediums and didn't talk to anyone else, but they weren't told why. So that was kind of interesting, and then we all figured out why, like at the end. Yeah, I remember not having a clue at all. <laughs> I played the butler, so I think everybody thought I did it. It's <laughs> usually the butler. Did. Yeah. Cool. What's uh? Do you have ideas already for the next one? Because the twenties one was pretty recent, right? Yeah, that one was actually just this past month. So that was in very early December. So probably our next murder mystery won't be until about midsummer sometime. So the way I like to do it is set up a poll and kind of question. So the first one was kind of based on what my sister wanted, but since then they've all been polls of, you know, what does the group want to actually have a murder mystery for? So that's kind of how we got to the the Marvel, the Star Wars. So these are all popular topics within our group. Um, the next one, I've kind of heard people mentioning Pirates of the Caribbean, so that might be their next theme. That'd be fun. Nice. I have a pirate costume, so. <laughs> <laughs> My LARP character is a, is a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> when you do themes like uh, Marvel and Harry Potter, do you put in rules for like superpowers and magic and like what they can and can't do, or do you just kind of wing it? when someone wants to do something their character can do? So I try to wing it sometimes, but I'll give them kind of definitions about what their character can or can't do in some occasions. The Marvel one, I'll admit, was pretty tame. That was the second one that we had, so there wasn't too much rule-breaking at that point. It was mostly people trying to figure out how it works still. Um, so there wasn't too much going on with that one. But starting more towards, you know, even the Harry Potter one, for example, there started to be a lot more people questioning, of, well, can I do this? Can I do that? So it's it's more necessary for me to kind of set those parameters for those characters because now I know they're going to start asking questions to see, you know, what they can't, can't or can or can do. Right. I was thinking that with the Star Wars one, if you have a Jedi trying to, like, mind 
re- read someone's mind or whatever, or <laughs> control somebody, or you know, these aren't the droids you're looking for, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, there was a couple that came to me with questions about you know certain things they could or couldn't do, and I had to say, well, no, you can't do that, or no, you can't kill people. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I know, in the, especially in the Star Wars, for example, one of the characters came over me. I can't for the life of me remember which one it was. And they just looked at me and they said, my character would murder everyone here. Can I just kill everyone? Does that solve the murder? <laughs> no, you're creating more murder. That's one way. <laughs> we'll definitely kill the murderer that way. <laughs> right. It's the same thing that happened in the uh, 1920s, too. So we were upstairs and... The theme of this one was that we had two competing crime factions that were trying to make a truce and then there's a murder that happens. So they're trying to figure out if one of them's trying to frame the other or what's going on. So half the crew goes upstairs and they go, well, this is our club. We know that we didn't do it. So we're just going to go downstairs and murder everyone else who's down there. And they all looked at me like, can we do this? And I'm like, I'm so glad that I was in here while you guys were discussing this because no, you cannot do that. That's funny. They're, uh, we have friends that do a parlor LARP. It's called Dragon Thrones. It's kind of like a higher fantasy Game of Thrones. And it's all like political and like tactical dealings. And like everyone there is like the heads of houses and things like that. Uh, and so it is something similar where there's like some kind of truce going on. They're at like a neutral ground and like murder is forbidden. And there's like uh, some superpowers in there that like yeah, react very um, violently to violence, basically. <laughs> yeah, they were like so, mirrors. So if you hurt somebody, you get the same pain or whatever, or any damage you deal. It's all the same yeah. to you or something like the magic of the mirrors or something. That's right. an interesting so, concept. Sounds like something yeah. I need when they ask me, could I kill someone? Well, now you're right. just going to kill yourself. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> you you need some kind of force or some rule that will dissuade people from killing each other. <laughs> right, yeah. But that can be hard depending on what your theme is. Yeah. So, for example, the next theme, if we do you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, that might be a little more difficult because you have the whole you know, ghost ship and you have that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it might actually be more of a theme that you actually have people who can die in that one because they can play the opposite side of that character. Yeah, right. And that's what happened in that murder mystery we did. Like, if people died, they could still interact with the people that could talk to ghosts. So they weren't, like, out of the game. They couldn't manipulate or do anything like in Harry Potter. But they could at least still talk to and you know be part of the party and figure things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the way I try to structure mine is so that everyone can actually interact, which is why I try not to kill my people usually. And for example, when the Harry Potter one happens, you know, even though they are ghosts, I want them to still interact and participate. So then they end up becoming mm-hmm. the people who kind of go in all the rooms they shouldn't be going into and getting all the clues and coming back. So they kind of participate in a different way. Oh, nice. Yeah, do you ever have people who kind of like aren't playing, but other than you and your husband help out with roles like that? Like they maybe know a little more than uh, the players, but they facilitate in that way. So I try to keep everybody in the dark. So if you're playing, I don't give you anything. I'll give you your character. So you get your character's name and maybe just a short bio of you are this person, this is your role, this is your job or whatever. And then when the actual day comes of the murder mystery, that's when everyone comes in, finds out who everyone else is. Mm. Um, and that's when usually everyone's dressed up so you can kind of see right away who everyone's going to be. Yeah. That's a quality of a true game master there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows but me. 
Yeah, it's a nice surprise though to have everyone come in and you see all the decorations and then you see everyone dressed up and kind of learn how you're interacting with all the other characters. So for the 1920s that we just had when people started coming in and everyone's picking up their name tags, they're going, I know who you are because my bio said I interact with you. But then they don't actually know, you know what that interaction is beyond that until they start getting those act ones. Right. Cool. Are there any themes, uh, any other themes you'd like to do? whether they're suggested or not that you've thought oh I'd love to do blank well I rather like your idea of the people being ghosts <laughs> so I, that's a pretty good idea um, but beyond that it's not mine. The one that you're, I you're really, free to use it <laughs> certainly <laughs> but uh, yeah beyond that I mean the one that I really wanted to do is the 1920s so I mean we really had fun with that one um, cool. there's not too much that's on my immediate list right now so it's more kind of what the group collectively wants to do um, so probably throwing out that poll and doing the Pirates of the Caribbean, which is what I've heard people do. Um, but there's a lot of other big themes that we could be doing, a lot of other stuff coming up as well. Yeah. Do you have alcohol at these parties? <laughs> well, the the prohibition one, yes and no. So upstairs, ah. when people tried to take a beer, I told them, this is prohibition, there's no beer allowed. But there was a secret <laughs> speakeasy. So. Ah. It, there's like a little lock on our basement door and if they figured out the code for this lock which was spread around the first floor then they actually got access to the basement where I had arranged it into a secret speakeasy with like you know chair bars and all the other stuff so it was kind of really cool that you could go down there be at the bar and pour a drink down there that's pretty sweet that's awesome yeah do you try to have little interactive things like that uh, like a codes and secrets or whatever so I'll say that I went to a one of those escape rooms and that really kind of influenced yeah. me so I like the interactive puzzle bit instead of just relying on people to speak to each other because I found that a lot of their clues will have them speak to each other but they'll go right up to each other and they'll just blatantly say the clue and walk away instead of kind of interpreting what I'm trying to get them right. from it so yeah. I like the fact that there's puzzles and there's different ways to find clues now so I had you know, contracts that were in hiding places. I had things that needed keys. I had safes. I had you know, the lock on the door of the speakeasy. So there was a lot of other interactions that they could do if they didn't necessarily want to do those dialogues with other people. Yeah, that's cool. You could do like some kind of space sci-fi or something like that and have like computer terminals they got to hack or something. Or Yeah, yeah, definitely could. Like yeah. The thing I found though is that uh, you kind of had to poke them sometimes to find the clues. So, sure. like in the last one, I started thinking, oh man, I made this too hard. So there was, by round two, nobody had figured out the secret speakeasy or the basement clues. And I, I know I started going around to a couple people and I was going, hey, there might be some clues around here on the first floor. So kind of dropping those hints to kind of get them to go with that direction. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want kind of in a game. Uh, you know, no help progressively, you know, more help. Um, depending on how things are going. So. Right, so you go in blind and you slowly learn some more. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. That seems to be a common complaint either. It's too easy, especially I've heard like from staff on LARP, like people either get it right away or they never see it whatsoever. Like, doesn't matter. <laughs> They'll think, oh, yeah, the players will figure this out, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think mine tend to be a bit towards the more complex side. So I've never heard, you know, that this is too easy to figure out or anything like that. So it's more so that I usually end up going around providing a couple additional clues where it's needed and kind of seeing where they aren't catching those clues that are in their plot lines. Right. Yeah. Or uh, players will focus on the wrong thing, basically. 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he put all this work into figuring out this special NPC, and no one wants to talk to him. They all want to figure out how to open this lock that has no treasure in it. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Is there anything you've kind of learned or changed as you've done these um, that you're you're trying to impl- implement or work on? I think the use of props and the additional like clues is definitely something that's kind of evolved. Um, but learn definitely not just to rely on the interactions of, of everyone who's playing and participating, but more so kind of make sure they're following those clues and those prompts correctly. So my writing's even changed a little bit and maybe providing a little bit more detail than I would have originally put in there in those first couple. Yeah. That's cool. Now, is this anything you have ever thought of like, hey, I bet I could write these and maybe sell these or something like that or publish you know, these online or something? people have asked me about that. So they, they've asked, are you going to plan on selling these? And I, I, I'll admit I still have the original ones all the way back from the original you know, Disney ones saved on my computer, but it's never actually something that I've thought about selling just because of how personalized they are. So... Like, for example, the Disney one, you'd have to have that exact amount of characters unless you go back and you add in more characters that can be in there. Mm. Yeah. But either way, is that something you'd like to do or you're happy just doing it with this 15 to 20 people for the rest of your life? Or <laughs> it, it might be a possibility going down the road to, you know, take a look at that and see if I can customize them a little bit more for, you know, different players or different group of players. Um, but for now, I think I'm, you know, pretty happy with the with the group and kind of interacting how they are. Sure. And I've thought that about LARPing too. Like I thought, you know, if my regular game was like a very small group of people that I played with regularly, I'd probably be happy with that. You know, I wouldn't have these big epic battles that you maybe see on movies or TVs when they portray LARP, but you still have a fun few hours every few months or whatever. Yeah, I think it's all about kind of knowing the people that you're playing with too. So there's a level of comfort and you know playing with people you've already played, playing with you know friends and, and family that you know as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I asked uh, because it sounds like you're <laughs> putting as much, if not more, work into this um, creatively and writing and you know plot wise. Uh, like I know it's just a couple hours, but I mean, you sound like you'd be a great addition to someone's staff on. <laughs> <laughs> on a LARP, you know, just to come up with different characters and see, you know, just that uh, kind of overarching view of how they're all connected or whatever is, is really important to a an interactive storytelling process, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting trying to keep track of all the characters and you keep track of all the interactions. I'm a very visual person, so I usually end up having like all the different little spreadsheets pulled up and I'm trying to like <laughs> visually draw lines from one character to the other, like how they're going to interact. So it, it's very interesting sure. to kind of, you know, put those characters together. Nice. Your basement looks like a uh, conspiracy theorist <laughs> thing with <laughs> the pins and the red lines. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, I'll have notebooks that I'm carrying around because I, I work at home up in the upstairs. So I, I carry around this little notebook and I'll be scratching stuff during work and then go downstairs and start typing it up and then scratching some more stuff. So it's just a lot of kind of hashing things out. Right. Cool. I think that was a good uh, overview. Anything we hadn't covered or any funny stories or highlights you wanted to share? Ah, uh, funny story. 
So during the uh, Star Wars murder mystery, we did have someone who was Chewbacca. So we thought it would be funny to give him his act one in Chewbacca's language. So it was literally just a page of A's and R. And he opened it up to read his clues and just started dying of laughter. And I had to go over and say, no, I apologize. Here's your actual act one. But, but it was great. Nice. That's clever. That's good. <laughs> now you got to slip in those little <laughs> jokes for your own sake. Yeah, they find it funny. It's appreciated. <laughs> nice. Did he talk like Chewbacca the whole time? He did occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was actually needed to to converse some of the dialogue or plot lines. Right. So, do you think uh, you'd ever want to try LARPing or anything outside of your own little group? Or, I mean, I know you do the cosplay and stuff, uh, which is cool. But anything kind of more game oriented, you might try someday. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always a possibility. I mean, especially if I have free time, that seems to be the limiting factor here lately. Sure. <laughs> But, um, you know, definitely there's a lot of friends that I know who play, you know, D&D or, or a lot of other stuff like that. So, you know, LARPing's a you know, very similar category to those, I mean, especially a lot of cosplayers that I know who do actually LARP in their free time. So, I mean, it's always yeah. something that I'm interested in, but, you know, time factor. Sure. Is there anything you would uh, say or encourage or advice for someone who wants to get into writing their own murder mysteries you'd share? Uh, get an editor. <laughs> have someone have someone actually edit your content. So I've noticed that there's there's so many times they'll come over to me and they'll point at a word and be like, "Did you mean this? No, no, I'm sorry." <laughs> so a lot of the times when I when I'm writing, it's usually last minute. So it's the night before the murder mystery, and I'm up at two in the morning, still plugging away at the computer. And mm-hmm. Keith's still going, "You need to hurry up. I need to edit that." And I'm like, "We'll just print it. It'll be fine." So that's what I would say is, you know, get an editor, have someone kind of review and, and kind of go through all those connections with you. Because sometimes I'll admit, you know, the connection that I think is going to be there is not quite there with the characters. So it's mm-hmm. nice to kind of get someone's second opinion and be like, you know, this makes more sense for this. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh or different set of eyes is always helpful on a project like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Collaborations is definitely a good thing, I would say. Nice. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on and sharing about your project. Do you have like a, a name or anything you call these or they're just murder mystery groups? Uh, just murder mystery dinner parties. All right. Just curious. <laughs> I don't know if you had a clever name for them or whatever. No, like a, I should like come up with company, one, but I something, don't Something yet. incorporated or whatever, yeah. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Thanks a lot for joining us, Brittany. Sounds like a lot of fun and uh, sounds like you're making a good night for everybody so it's cool to have people like that in your life uh, i think that's why we larp is to have a good time with friends and uh, you know have some fun be somebody else for a little bit and relax that way you know? so thanks for joining us and thank you all for listening this has been 321 lay on podcast next level nerds larp podcast visit nextlevelnerd.com you can connect with us there Check out all of our other podcasts, the Next Level Nerd Movie Podcast, where Justin and Mitchell defend and promote movies that they enjoy that weren't considered critically or commercially successful. We've got Sugar Frosted Cereal, our podcast on Telvin series, currently covering currently covering Daredevil on Netflix, and the Nerd Herds Gaming Podcast, where a variety of our hosts will discuss topics about video games, board games, and more. Maybe we'll have to review some uh, murder mystery parties someday. 
But you can find all these shows. Uh, just search Next Level Nerd in your favorite podcasting app or iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google, all that stuff. So until next time, LARP enthusiasts, we thank you very much for listening. And remember to spread the word, spread the nerd. Thank you.